Hey, it's Kanzano. I appreciate you making this podcast part of your day. Make sure you subscribe if you want more and leave us some feedback. Away we go. Initialize sequence. Welcome to The Baldcast, a production of John Kanzano's Baldface Truth. <laughs> B-F-F-T. From the Pack West Center in downtown Portland, presented by High Caliber Millwrights, here's John Canzano with the Bald Face Truth. Our next guest is a legend. Eric Sondheimer has been covering prep sports in Southern California since the 1970s. He's the best. He's the best on preps currently. And he's the best on past preps in the region. Does that make sense? We're talking about a guy who can talk about Bronny, son of LeBron James, and the circus that is around uh, Sierra Canyon High School. He also watched a ton of DJ Uyungalele in high school. St. John Bosco kid. He can give us some intel on DJ. I think if we're putting together a dinner party, what I'm saying is... You can bring Charles Barkley, you can bring Deion Sanders, you can bring Tom Brady. I may show up with Eric Sondheimer of the LA Times because he's going to be able to talk about the 1979 LA City Championship game at Dodger Stadium. John Elway playing for Granada Hills. Daryl Strawberry playing for Crenshaw. Elway, I think, came in as a... uh, mid-game reliever in that game. We can talk about all sorts of things in Southern California. Eric Sondheimer joining us now. Uh, did I give you a proper introduction? Yes, you, you brought back great memories. So thank you very much. <laughs> Let's, hey, can I go back to 79 in that game I referenced? So you got John Elway in the game. You got Daryl Strawberry playing for Crenshaw. I think Chris Brown, the former Giant third baseman, was also playing for Crenshaw. Like... Like, that must have felt like a big deal at Dodger Stadium for a high school championship game. Definitely, and when you look back and see what all those people accomplished, it, get, it gets even greater. But Elway did come in relief, and he just started striking everybody out. That That's the memory I have, and uh, he played for Daryl Stroh, who also coached him a little bit in football, and he's probably the greatest two-sport athlete uh, that I've ever uh, covered, although Giancarlo Stan is pretty good, too and was a great football player. But, yeah, that's pretty memorable. And Crenshaw, you have to understand, from the inner city, has never, ever reached that level again. Uh, It's obviously demographics have changed in L.A., but that was a remarkable moment in history. You saw some big things, but you have navigated, and you've been the constant, Eric Sondheimer. And i got to ask you how your job has changed from, like, the 70s to now, the types of things you're covering, the types of stories you tell. Is it all the same, or has it changed dramatically? Oh, it certainly has changed dramatically. Obviously, the Internet, in a lot of ways, has made it easier because uh, you can look around and get things quicker from in, from sources, from schools. Uh, Twitter does a great job of, of making things instantaneously, but video and just the social media thing has changed everything for sure. And I'll give you the greatest example. For the first time since I've been at the L.A. Times since 1997, we actually assigned a writer to cover just Sierra Canyon games. So, uh, you know, we don't have too many writers. It's myself and 
and one other person, Luke Evans, and he's covering Sierra Canyon home games and even some road games out of state. So that's an example of the interest in Sierra Canyon, not just in California, but outside uh, around the country. And you can see on Twitter who's trending all the time. It's Ronnie. So that's an example of how we deal with things. And so, yeah, it's definitely changed. Give me an idea of what that circus is like with Bronny and and just the the I guess the uh, the glow of it all. Well, I, I've seen him for four years, and let me just tell you, I, I've been trying to treat him as a high school kid. I was there when he made his debut as an eighth grader at Brentwood School, and they wouldn't let me take video. I've never seen it before. I was sitting <laughs> up in the stand. And then the person agreed, okay, you can do video, but don't show it till the end of the season. Well, that didn't work out. I shot the video, put it on YouTube, and I made—I didn't want to get kicked out of the gymnasium. But that's an example of, of how things are gone. He has not talked to any media for four years. He only the, the only media he's talked to are the ones employed by LeBron James' documentary crew. Uh, Sierra Cannon announced this year at Media Day that he was going to make himself available. But at the last moment, the head coach comes to the podium and says, Bronny James will not be speaking today. And so that's that. And I don't know if he will speak uh, uh, the rest of the season. So that's an interesting scenario. We have plenty of celebrity kids in L.A. that that are fine talking to people. Gilbert Arena's son I talked to yesterday. He's a great basketball player, freshman at Chatsworth. We have Robert Ory's son plays for the number one team, Harvard Westlake. We have... Uh, our Pittman's son plays for Sierra Cannon, and I, I believe he's spoken. So, yeah, it's an interesting scenario here, and that's fine. Whatever the parents want to do, that's fine with me. Give me an idea. Um, you know, recently Oregon gets, I guess, some good news. They find out, hey, you know, you're on the short list. I've kind of wondered about what kind of player he is, but we see him get All-American, McDonald's All-American status. You've seen guys, Eric Sondheimer. You've been at this a long time. Does Bronny deserve to be on that list? Is he that good? He's a good player. He's, he, the problem with him is for each of the four years, he's gotten injured. So right when he was becoming better and getting showing progress, he would get hurt. Freshman year, sophomore year, junior year, and now senior year, he's gotten a uh, return to the knee injury. So that has uh, caused inconsistency in his game, but certainly at his best, He's a very good player. He's averaging about 14 points this year. Is he a McDonald's All-American? Uh, there's several others in L.A. alone that would probably be more deserving based on their, their body of work. But he's LeBron James' son, and there's a lot of interest in him. And will he play okay in that game? Yes, he would play okay. Uh, and so that McDonald's game long ago has uh, left us as far as picking players that really, truly deserve it. It's based on the summer. It's based on the previous year's uh, performance. has nothing to do with senior years. So I, I'm not one of those who's going to make a big deal out of it. I'm just saying that, that there are others probably a little more deserving, but he'll, he'll do fine in the game if he's healthy. Eric, let me ask you, you know, Dana Altman and other coaches over the years have probably come up to you and, it asked you, hey, uh, you know, what's this kid about? I mean, if they're doing their diligence, you get those questions. If Oregon was to ask you, hey, is is this kid mentally tough? Does he have uh, sort of the makeup, or is the whole circus around him not worth the trouble? What do you say to that? 
You know, that's a hard question because he's not made himself available. You, you can talk to the teammates, and they all say he's a good kid. The coach says he's a good kid. So that, that's important it, itself. But you never know until the, the circus arrives. And uh, you have to deal with all the things that happen. He's had a bodyguard since he was a freshman year. Uh, so it's an interesting scenario. Yes, he, he would probably fit in at Oregon, but I don't know what else would come with that. And as far as I, I know, Oregon is just a school that was mentioned as that, that he's interested in, but I heard Oregon wasn't even recruiting him. So it, it's hard to say uh, who really is recruiting him and who is interested in him. It's, it's an unusual thing. It, it doesn't happen very often. So everybody has to make their own decision. And he's not going to be there very long either. So obviously LeBron wants to play with them in the NBA. And, and if LeBron wants him to play in the NBA, he'll play in the NBA. Eric Sondheimer, Los Angeles Times, is with us. You also uh, have had the opportunity to see a lot of the St. John's Bosco star who went off to Clemson, DJ Uingalele. I'm hoping I'm getting that close to right. But uh, what did you make of DJ, his transition to Clemson, now going to Oregon State? You have to be following that from your position. Okay. Here's the situation. He is a great athlete. I could see him playing tight end in the NFL. As a quarterback, he was very inexperienced, but he got better and better at St. John Bosco. It was always going to be a challenge at the college level. He needed really good coaching to keep improving. So he's, he's done, been up and down. To go to Oregon State, I think it's a great move because they have a coach who used to play quarterback, and he needs good coaching to take advantage of that athleticism. He's a great kid, a great, great kid. That's the number one thing I can say about him. He, he brought St. John Basco back from, from certain defeat in a championship game against modern day, and they won, and people love him for that. And so I think he'll do well, but there, there's no guarantees, obviously, in college football. He, he needs to keep improving, but I think it's a, it's a good place for him to keep developing there's still a lot of pressure on him, just like at Clemson. And I just hope he has fun. And, again, if he doesn't do well at quarterback, one day maybe in the NFL he'll be he'll play another position. We've had several kids like that who are quarterbacks in Southern California and end up being NFL players as receivers, tight ends, uh, a variety of places. Give me an idea of, you know, high school football in the L.A. area. We've seen some markets and some states that say, hey, participation's down, uh, numbers are dwindling. You know, you've seen some programs that are struggling to field JV or freshman teams. What's the health uh, state of union with, uh, you know, the high schools in Southern California? Well, California really got hurt by the COVID-19 situation. The, the participation levels dropped. Football in particular has continued to drop almost every season for the last five or six. Uh, it was particularly bad during COVID because JV and lower level teams were stopped and it was only varsity for a little bit. Uh, this past year, it looked like there was a comeback. The lower level teams had returned and I, I think the participation levels have gone up. We obviously continue to have, I don't know, people would say, I say it's an issue. Others may say is there's no problem and that's called transfers. I, I think it's transfers, uh, hurt high school sports they're trying to follow the college game or they're maybe colleges following high school i don't know what who started it first but in, in la the the super teams get lots of transfers and it's very hard to beat them 
because of that. They don't have rebuilding years. They have reloading years because they replace seniors with transfers. So it's a whole whole little development around here. And I, I always look for the stories where a neighborhood team somehow comes together for once in 50, 50, once in 15 years and has their best team and somehow pulls it out. But it's very hard in L.A. to do that at the highest level. You need transfers to succeed. You know, it, it's such a good point. Like, you know, and I'm allergic to it, too, because I'm a purist. And I say, you know, I, I like to see kids that stay in, in their area and attend their school and they're proud of it. Um, but it seems to be uh, the name of the game, probably AAU and club sports driving that. You got a chance to see uh, 2024 quarterback Elijah Brown, uh, Orange County kid. Oregon likes this kid. Can What can you tell us about Elijah Brown at quarterback? Well, he's only had one loss in his entire high school career. So he's a winner. Put him around good people and he will get the job done. But he's just very solid, very calm. Uh, he's not spectacular, so there's always been questions. Uh, everybody has a different opinion on him because he's not a spectacular thrower, but he's an accurate thrower. He just gets it done. He's kind of like Bryce Young was, uh, not as great as arm as Bryce Young, but he gets it done, and he's a, a good leader, a quiet leader. And so, yeah, it's going to be an interesting recruiting process because the, the college coaches have to decide if they think that he will fit in with their program. I think he can fit in anywhere. But it will be interesting to see how good a college player he is. He's had great people around him in high school, modern day. Uh, they're supposed to name a coach in the next couple of weeks. They, they should be the number one team next fall because they have everybody, almost everybody back. And he'll, he'll be, I think he's going to go through high school with one loss. That's my prediction. So, yeah, it'll be great to see what he does in college. Our guest, Los Angeles Times prep reporter and legend Eric Sondheimer with us. Uh, 1982 baseball, Los Angeles City Championship game again at Dodger Stadium. Cleveland High School has Brett Saberhagen on the mound. Palisades has got a shortstop named Steve Kerr. If my memory serves me correct, Saberhagen throws a no-hitter, and uh, I think he strikes out Kerr at least once in that game. But, man, did you have the sense at the time that you were watching, you know, uh, you know a potential NBA Hall of Fame coach player who's going to win championships and a guy who's going to go on and win the Cy Young Award in Major League Baseball? I, I can say that I truly thought Brett Saberhain was going to be a Major League star. He, he threw strikes better than anybody at that time, and he threw hard. And uh, I didn't know a whole lot about Kerr because he was more known as a little bit known for basketball, so he was playing baseball. And I, so nobody from Palisades was that impressive that night. They also had Jim Gilliam's son on the team, who was a great Dodger player. So, um, but yeah, that's the best, uh, one of the best athletic events that I've ever seen. Because in the parking lot afterwards, there was a big argument between the parents of Sabre, who was going to take them to Channel 4 News to be on the Stu Nahan show at, the, at 11 p.m. So that was the big argument going on and stuff. So. But Brett Sabring, uh, yeah, great guy, turned out to be a Cy Young winner and lived up to everything. All right, Libby, I'm just going to ask you, you know, to go through high school basketball, high school football, high school baseball. Give me the best player you ever saw in each of those three sports in, in your time covering L.A. sports. Well, football for sure is John Elway. He was, uh, I was, he was the first person I ever covered almost 
uh, at Granada Hills, I started with the year that I started to work for the LA Daily News, so that was an easy one. Uh, for basketball, it's a little tougher because I, I've mainly been in the San Fernando Valley before then going on to L.A. But, you know, I, I've seen some great uh, players from Gilbert Arena to Dom McLean was was truly a, a, a terrific player. And the other day I was out at the retirement for Tayshawn Prince and uh, Tyson Chandler, who I didn't really see in high school. But, yeah, so I, I'm not going to say for, for California – other than I went back in high school when I saw David Greenwood and Roy Hamilton together at Vermont Bay, they were pretty good. So as far as baseball, um, I have seen so many Cy Young winners. It's just incredible. From Jack McDowell to Saberhagen, Jeff Stupon was a tremendous player. And then we have uh, Giancarlo Stanton, uh, Ryan uh, Braun. It just goes on and on. There's so baseball is really the sport in Southern California where the, the most pro athletes come from. So that that's a, a difficult cast. But Jack McDowell, he would rank as probably the greatest. He was on the best team that didn't win a CIF title. They were unbeaten until the great coach, who happened to be Jack's brother, decided not to start him in the semifinals, and they lost the only <laughs> loss ever. So he. he if he would have played in that game, they would have won because that, that, they're the best team that never ever didn't win a championship because his brother didn't start his brother. <laughs> I love this. Eric Sondheimer, you're the best. Great follow on social media. I love bringing you on our show. You're a legend, and thank you for giving us your time. Really valuable and candid stuff. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Bye. There, there he is from the Los Angeles Times. He's seen it all. Steven, really good, candid stuff. On Bronny James. Uh, it, it's given me a little bit of pause. I don't like how shielded Bronny has been. I get what LeBron and everybody's trying to do. They're trying to usher him to the NBA. But if he's not LeBron's kid, I don't know if you know Oregon is that interested in him. I, I don't know if he's a McDonald's All-American. Yeah, that's, that's what it seems like, right? Like, if he's if his if his name isn't LeBron James Jr. Bronny James, he's not in this game, and he's probably not being recruited by any of these schools that he's actively looking at. So it's one of those things where, you know, the other day, John, I said I think Oregon should go after him. I think it'd be good for them. I'm starting to reconsider just as some of the stuff you read about how you can't even talk to the kid. Uh, you have to go through a bunch of different people just to contact his mother. Like it just it seems like a lot for a player that seems like a fringe NBA player, right? Like, that that's what he is, and he doesn't seem like a guy that should be a one-and-done player, but he's going to be a one-and-done player. It's going to be a circus, and if he goes to your school, I have to imagine you have to start the kid. Like, if you, you can't bring that guy off the bench, or else there's going to be a lot of backlash from his family, from his people, and we've seen what LeBron has done in the NBA, basically run franchises into the ground because they want to run the entire franchise. I think the same thing will happen at whatever school he chooses to go to, so... I think I think you're right. I think I'm gonna change my mind. Like, I, if I was a fan of Oregon, I don't know that I'd want him at the school, because you're gonna to have to just go with whatever he says and be fine with it. I'm not sure the juice is gonna be worth the squeeze, so to speak, when it comes to dealing with the entourage, the rules, the expectations, the hype. Uh, I get it. I get why Oregon's in on this equation. And if I'm Oregon, I want to be in on this on this recruitment. But I really am interested to know if Dana Altman reciprocates that interest. Uh, I get why LeBron James is saying, you know, Oregon hasn't offered, but we know there's interest there. I get it. At the same time, 
I'm kind of wondering, and I'm looking at the makeup of Oregon's Final Four team from several years ago, and I'm going, you know, this isn't how they got to the Final Four, by taking guys who, you know, weren't allowed to talk to the media when they were in high school. and No, they got there by developing Dylan Brooks, by developing Tyler Dorsey, by developing Jordan Bell, by having a young Peyton Pritchard who was dribbling basketballs till his hands bled in his neighborhood. And, you know, they fought their way there. I'll be really curious to see how this pans out. Maybe it's a sign of the times. You know, I, I, I would love to be wrong, but I don't think this kid's going to be a great college player. I don't think he's going to be a great pro. And to go off the recruiting rankings, like, I mean, Bronny is a little ahead of Jackson Shellstad, but if you watch the game of the LSI, like, Jackson Shellstad is a much better player than Bronny James at this moment. Bronny, much better athlete. Shellstad, much more skilled. And I think going into college, like you said, I think Shellstad's probably more ready to go than Bronny James is. And if Bronny comes to your school, how are you going to start Shellstad over Bronny yeah. James? It doesn't well, make sense. Well, actually, I wonder if you could play them together. And I wonder if you could play Bronny off the ball and play Shellstad as your point guard. And I had somebody suggest that to me, and I said, yeah, but you're asking a lot here. And you're right, because the expectation will be – that if you're taking Bronny, that he's going to get the minutes. He's going to, you know, I don't know if Oregon, I don't know if Dana Altman's up for that. After Bull Bull, after Lewis King, after, you know, I, I don't know. We will find out. Leave it here. You got the ball to face truth. We interrupt this podcast with a special announcement from the Bald Face hey, Sorry to interrupt the podcast, but if you want to listen to more of the Bald Face Truth Radio Show, including more of this segment that you're listening to, make sure you subscribe on SoundCloud and iTunes to the Bald Face Truth Radio Show. Thanks for listening.